From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is WIA News for week commencing September 7, 2014 as we head towards our 20th year of non-stop news. WIA President on submission to Australian Government Spectrum reviewing this issue, along with WIA President speaking on the draft repeater and beacon policy, and WIA Secretary on handover of WIA-held D-Star repeaters. VK4 drones on. Google has revealed it has built and test-flown drones that it hopes will be used to deliver aid following natural disasters. Project Wing has been running for two years as part of Google X, the company's technology research arm that also created its self-driving car. The technology giant tested the drone in Queensland, VK4, flying chocolate bars, dog treats, cattle vaccines, water and radios to people. In total, 30 successful delivery flights were made over the course of one week. Google said, and I quote, We'd selected these items based on several conversations with local people, ranging from emergency services teams to fire crews and farmers, about how aerial delivery may help them out in their need. Boosting one's rescue chances. Australian Maritime Safety Authority with Maritime New Zealand are joining forces to improve the way emergency distress beacon signals are picked up. A new mission control centre will be established in Canberra to pick up signals from Medium Earth Orbit Search and Rescue, or MEOSAR, satellites. These beacon signals will be processed in Canberra before they are relayed to New Zealand's Rescue Coordination Centre. MEOSAR satellites are replacing Low Earth Orbit, or LEOSAR, satellites, which are being phased out over the next four years. To commemorate Anzac 100, a series of articles is to appear in Amateur Radio magazine by WAA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV. Here's a summary of another one of them. Walter King Witt, XKW, was a vice president and secretary of the Amateur Wireless Society of Victoria, which formed on the 30th of November 1911. The WIA Victorian division grew from it. He was deeply involved in admin matters of the society and in particular issues surrounding the continuance and licensing of experimenters during the latter half of 1913. Interference to government stations had become quite an issue and almost resulted in the wholesale closure of all experimental stations. Negotiations with the Postmaster General's Department and the Commonwealth Wireless Director resulted in the reintroduction of a licence fee, agreements relating to synotonic or tuned wavelengths below 250 metres. In an attempt to stop interference problems, Australia's first national call book was published in April 1914. On the 16th of September 1914, Walter enlisted as a telegraphist in the Navy. One service entry dated January 15, 1915 reads... Naval Board expresses appreciation for services rendered in connection with 1st Australian Convoy. In 1979, he addressed the Victorian Division of the WIA and made reference to his 1914 involvement with the Navy and his early days of wireless operating. Walter King Witt, ex-KW, another notable amateur who served his country and amateur radio well. Next, WIA Board Talk and we'll hear from Secretary VK3RU and President VK2ASD. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service in the Northern Territory. And it can be heard on repeaters 146900, 146950, 
And I am Carl with a K, Carl Sean Victor Kilo HGI Alpha Whiskey. The WIA has made a submission to the Department of Communications review into the Australian Spectrum Policy and Management Framework. The Department states the review is necessary to modernise Spectrum Policy to reflect changes in technology, markets and consumer preferences that have occurred over the last 10 years and to better deal with the increasing demand for Spectrum. In its submission, the WIA highlights amateur radio's long history of not-for-profit public service to the Australian community through providing emergency communications and as an educational resource and discusses ways that public benefit of the amateur radio spectrum can be further leveraged in the future. There is pressure from many quarters to place a hard monetary value on spectrum regardless of its use. However, the WIA warns that public usage needs to be valued quite differently from for-profit service spectrum. The view of the WIA is that public interest or public benefit is difficult to quantify, is constantly changing and is often highly political in nature. Public interest spectrum has an imputed value which cannot be measured by the same set of tools used to measure commercial services. In short, the WIA believes public usage spectrum cannot be measured using a conventional market approach. The same situation would apply for, say, defence, governmental emergency services, research, meteorology or safety of life services. Radio amateurs are experiencing increasing levels of interference from all manner of equipment, electrical and electronic, such as solar power installations, low-cost LED lighting and many other consumer items. The WIA argues in its submission that the ACMA needs to be adequately resourced to protect the radio spectrum against a rise in the noise floor from non-compliant electrical and electronic equipment which will ultimately affect all spectrum users in some way regardless of the technology they use. We also discuss areas where improvements in administrative efficiency can be achieved and the respective roles of government and the regulator. The WIA submission was prepared by a number of people and reviewed by the Spectrum Committee. It's well worth a read, as are the other submissions on the Department of Communications website. A link to the Department of Communications Spectrum Review and the WIA submission is in the Hot Issues section of the WIA website at www.wia.org.au. The WIA provides a repeater and beacon licence recommendation service under a long-standing agreement with the ACMA. WIA-appointed repeater and beacon coordinators evaluate repeater and beacon applications, assign frequencies in accordance with the amateur radio band plan and other site-related factors, and then pass the applications together with their recommendation to the ACMA for licence processing. The typical time for the WIA to process a repeater or beacon licence application is about 28 days. Due to the limited amount of spectrum available, especially on the east coast of Australia, and the fact that amateur repeaters are often co-located on sites shared with commercial services, the WIA often applies similar principles as would be applied to commercial services. Typically, the power delivered to an antenna is limited to 50 watts peak. This policy has caused some difficulties in the past with a few repeater licence applicants who believe commercial standards which limit power should not be applied to their repeater applications. 
The WIA has now developed a new draft repeater and beacon recommendation policy. The policy attempts to provide more flexibility for repeaters and beacons located in rural or low spectrum density areas. We encourage you to submit your comments to the new WIA draft repeater and beacon recommendation policy. The draft policy can be viewed in the Hot Issues section of the WIA website at www.wia.org.au. This is Phil Waite, VK2ASD for the WIA. And now a word from WIA Secretary David Williams, VK3RU. The WIA Board has asked me to provide an update on the handover of WIA-held D-Star repeaters. Back in May, I wrote to clubs known at the time to be custodians of the equipment with a view to handover ownership. This came about because the D-Star agreement between WIA and ICOM had expired and to maintain a D-Star service in Australia, a new arrangement was required. The original agreement was signed with ICOM in November 2007 to support the establishment of a D-Star network for a period of not less than six years. This agreement included the donation of six repeater systems to the WIA, supported technically by ICOM, with full equipment warranty for the term. As part of this agreement, the WIA was to establish equipment into each state through interested amateur radio clubs and by supporting the process together with licence and broadband costs. During the course of this agreement, some changes in interest occurred, with some equipment being transferred between clubs and additional equipment being offered to clubs who had expressed interest to the WIA and ICOM Direct. The WIA board has now agreed to hand over the WIA D-Star equipment to respective clubs on the proviso they take up associated costs including licensing, power and broadband access. For their part, ICOM have kindly offered to extend existing warranty on the equipment for a further five years with back-to-base repairs as part of this arrangement. A letter has been forwarded to known custodians of original D-Star equipment informing that the proposed handover date will be the 30th of September this year. It is therefore important that clubs confirm they can meet this target or let us know if they are encountering difficulties. It is certainly not the intention of the WIA to cut off any D-Star installations. D-Star enthusiasts might be interested in developments currently underway in Victoria where a D-Star user group is coming together. This group has a website, www.vk3.dstar.org.au. Not much there right now, but keep an eye out as things are starting to evolve. This is David VK3RU on behalf of the WIA Board. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. Around VK we go, and this one is going to affect... A few of us right across VK. The Department of Communications have placed a consultation on draft direction to use 3.5 gig band spectrum for the National Broadband Network spectrum gap on the web. An exposure draft of the Australian Communications and Media Authority, the 3.5 gig frequency band direction 2014, has been issued for public consultation. The draft direction relates to the use of spectrum in 3400 up to and including 3425 and from 3492.5 up to and including 13542.5 MHz. Keep an eye out on WIA front page news for details and response required. Oh, and only a few weeks' notice, submissions must be received by September 22. In VK2, it's the Lismore Region Ballon Building Day. Make a good note that this Summerland activity is the 21st of September. Yes, an HF Ballon Building Day on the morning of the next SARC committee meeting. That's 1000 hours, Sunday the 21st of September.
TARC does the TCC International Men's Day Employee Expo. Members from the Townsville Amateur Radio Club will be putting on a portable display of amateur radio by invitation of the Townsville City Council for the TCC International Men's Day Employee Expo being held in conjunction with Crocs Basketball Training at the RSL Stadium, Murray Sporting Complex, Wednesday, November 12. The battery-powered display will be set up from 6am to 6.45 and then exhibiting 7am to 2pm. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news with thanks in particular this week to Amateur Radio Newsline. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Just before joining our good friends at AR Newsline, a prohibited equipment to New Zealand notice has been updated. In July, a prohibited equipment dog tracking device notice 2014 was replaced with the animal tracking and training device notice 2014 to include training devices as well as tracking. The notice was introduced to address the supply, importation and use of equipment operating on United States frequencies 151.820, 151.880 and 154.600 MHz. These frequencies conflict with licensed land mobile services in New Zealand and do cause interference to those services. New Zealand Customs is actively intercepting such equipment when and where it presents at the border. Ham Bloon circumnavigates Earth. British radio amateur Leo Bodner, Mike Zero X-Ray Echo Romeo, recently launched several solar-powered balloons that have managed to circumnavigate the globe. The most interesting of these appears to be B-64, as we hear from amateur radio newslines Heather Imby, KB3TZD. B-64, carrying an 11-gram transmitter payload, was launched from Silverstone in the UK on July 12th, and it's still flying. It completed its first circumnavigation of the Northern Hemisphere on July 31st and its second complete trip on or about August 21st. When it last reported, it was on its third round-the-world trip over northern Russia, headed toward the Arctic Circle at an altitude of about 40,000 feet above main sea level. B-64 transmits 10 milliwatt signals on 434.5 MHz, signing M0XER-4 and using the data modes Contestia 64 by 1000 and APRS. In designing the balloon's payload, Bodner utilized some clever techniques, including the storage of up to five days of positions when the balloon is out of radio contact. It later transmits the log file of its previous locations in the comments field of the APRS packet when ground acquisition is re-established. This enables a fairly complete path to be built up. Like all of Bodner's floaters, B-64 is a plastic foil party balloon that flies between 25,000 and 45,000 feet as carried aloft by the winds. When looking at an APRS tracking map, if you see only a straight line as the track, it means that it is currently out of radio contact. For the Amateur Radio News Line, I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD. A dire prediction of the imminent loss by amateur radio of the 23-centimeter band has been issued by an official of the International Amateur Radio Union, Region 1. The warning, along with suggested action, was authored by Michael Kestelik, OE1MCU, who is the chair of the IARU Region 1 VHF-UHF and Microwave Committee. 
in his paper, OE1MCU, writes that the latest reports he's received make it seem to him that radio amateurs will lose the 23-centimeter band in the near future. He does not offer any specific date for this to happen, but he does note that the current amateur 23-centimeter allocation includes a key amateur satellite service uplink band at 1260 to 1270 megahertz, which is now being shared as a downlink for the new European Galileo Global Positioning System. OE1MCU goes on to note that, in his opinion, if the loss of 23 centimeters happens, that a proposal for a new amateur radio allocation, such as 1300 to 1310 megahertz, should be added to the agenda of the 2018 World Radio Conference. This so that amateurs still have the spectrum to utilize near the current 23 centimeter allocation in which to operate. A short excerpt from his paper to be presented at the upcoming International Amateur Radio Union Region 1 Conference slated for September 21st to the 27th. It can be found at amsat.uk.org forward slash tag forward slash IARU. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Ahoy me hearties, I'm Felix VK4FUQ with Operational News. This be a reminder that the Manly Uringa Radio Society in Sydney's Flagpole Contest be taking place on the 20th of September. Get yourself a flagpole, put an antenna on it and get on the air. As the contest day falls right after International Talk Like a Pirate Day, you can also earn bonus points for dressing up like a pirate or hoisting the stolen crossbones or any humorous flag on your flagpole. Photographic proof to be submitted either via email or to the club station VK2MB on 20m SSTV on 14.3.1415 MHz, the unofficial pirate frequency. The contest takes place on the 20th of September from 0000 hours to 23.59 hours UTC. That's 10am AEST on the Saturday to 10am Sunday. Full details can be found on the Manny or Ringer Radio Society's website. Just click on the Skull and Crossbones. Awards. The 2014 Operating Award for the Route 66 on the Air. It's been called the Great Diagonal Way or the Will Rogers Memorial Highway the Mother Road, the Main Street of America, and the Electric Highway. Of the 4 million miles of highways in the United States, none are more famous than the 2,451 miles that once made up US 66, better known as Route 66. Starting on September the 6th, you will have nine days to travel Route 66 once again, this time via the airways. 21 special event stations, each located in the city along the route, will join together for the 15th annual Route 66 on the air. This event, which was created by the Northern Arizona Dares Club and is now organised by the Citrus Belt Amateur Radio Club of San Bernardino, California, allows the participants to transverse the route one more time by radio. A beautiful certificate awaits those who work at least one of the 21 special event stations. Operations are planned for all modes and bands. Complete information is available on the Citrus Belt Amateur Radio Club website. 
It's party time, and with your special invite, it's over to VK6CSW. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6 Charlie Sierra Whiskey, reminding all members of the Radio Amateurs Old Timers Club of Australia that on Saturday, September the 13th, we have our annual on-air QSO Party Come Contest. All amateurs, RAOTC members and non-members alike, are invited to participate in this annual event. The party runs from 04 to 1200 UTC, that is from 2pm to 10pm for the eastern states, and from midday to 8pm for those in the west. In South Australia or the Northern Territory, that's 1.30 to 9.30pm. The idea is to make as many contacts as possible, especially with RAOTC members. Contacts can be made in the 160, 80, 40 and 20 metre bands, and you score one point per contact. If your rig is 25 years old or more, you get a bonus 25 points. Full details of this fun contest and how to submit your log can be found at the RAOTC website www.raotc.org.au Certificates will be awarded to the scorer with the highest total contacts and also to the highest scorer using a rig more than 25 years old. Once again, the RAOTC on-air party takes place next Saturday afternoon and everyone is invited to join in. 7-3 from Clive, VK6CSW. Now to DX News. PA70OMG is to be operational from the Netherlands from September the 12th to the 21st. This to commemorate the 70th anniversary of the World War II Operation Marker Garden by paratroopers and Allied forces which began on September 17, 1944 to help liberate the region after four years of German occupation. QSLs go direct or via the Bureau to PB0AEZ. Romanian Radio Club Association has activated Ferrigie Island for the first time until September the 30th. Operations will be on the HF bands only. QSL via YO9FNP. EA7FTR is airing until October the 10th as D44KS from Boa Vista, which is the easternmost island of Cape Verde. Hours of operation will be limited to his spare time. Listen on 40 through 6 metres using SSB and RITI. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Media Watch on VK1 WIA National News. Let's take a look at ourselves. And to do that, here's Gary VK4AR. Have you ever wondered how the WIA News is put to air by relay stations around Australia? Well... It is fairly straightforward. The main items that are needed are a PC, internet connection and an audio connection to the amateur transmitter. Each week the news team compile the WIA national news into an audio file. Another file is compiled with local news, Q News. Relay stations download the files from an internet website and play them on a PC or a portable media player through an audio cable to the transmitter. Now that you have an understanding of the process, put it into practice in southern Queensland on 7130 kHz 
where volunteers are needed to continue delivering the weekly news broadcasts. Contact the news team or call in after the news. Seven Threes, this is Gary, VK4AR. Across Queensland from VK4WIA, you're tuned to Q News. In the Toowoomba area, it can be heard on 146.750, the VK4RDD 2-metre repeater, at 9am on Sunday mornings. I'm Dave, VK4LED. I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's worldwide special interest groups news, beginning with CW. Morse code as a world heritage. What began in Germany through the efforts of former professional operators and now radio amateurs may see the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organisation, UNESCO, recognise Morse code on its intangible cultural heritage list. An initial proposal was adopted at the International Amateur Radio Union Region 1 Conference in Sun City, South Africa, 2011. It has been developed further and sent to the IARU Region 2 and Region 3. The Deutsche Amateur Radio Club, the IARU Member Society, has done the necessary work completing the UNESCO application forms and provided the requested 10 pictures to give some visual context. Morse code was used worldwide from the mid-1830s, first with landlines and later joined by radio. UNESCO is checking the documentation, and in November this year, Morse code is expected to be included on the intangible cultural heritage list. Among the many already listed by UNESCO on the ICY list in need of urgent safeguarding are a traditional horse riding game, the Chinese abacus and calligraphy. FIST's CW Net to encourage activity and provide a weekly meeting point for FIST's members, a trial FIST CW Net will be taking place on Tuesday evenings. It commenced last week on the 2nd of September. Time, 1000 UTC and closing at 1100 UTC, that's 8pm till 9pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Frequency, 3.528 MHz. Net controller, VK2FDU, operated by Chris, VK2CTN. To check into the net, you just need to send your call sign during a pause and the net controller will take care of the rest. Everyone is welcome to participate. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Military. Australian Military has REAM. India has its equivalent, EME. 27 cadets from MCEME, the Military College of Electronics and Mechanical Engineering, MCEME, visited NIAR, the National Institute of Amateur Radio, much akin to your WIA for an awareness program on amateur radio. They were shown a video on amateur radio and PowerPoint presentation by VU2MYH, followed by a lively discussion. They also visited the NIA Museum. A live demo was given on airmail, sending email via HF, fox hunting and antennas by VU2JOS. The cadets found amateur radio of great interest and hope to pursue this hobby. Worldwide special interest groups, radio scouting, Jamboree on the Air will be on the air the weekend of 17, 18 and 19 October. Hopefully by now you and your club have made contact with a local scout group and started the arrangements. If you're looking for a scout group or girl guide company to talk with in South Africa, I'm sure Dennis ZS2BS can help you arrange some skids. Special interest groups lowdown. Stuart Longland, VK4MSL, better known in Brizzy as Red Hatter, has just been told VK4WA and QC 
have been rebroadcasting the news whilst Graham was away on 476 kHz LSB. Kevin's running homebrew equipment with 10 watts power and Peter running the commercial equipment pumping out 50 watts. Callbacks are done on other bands, but maybe there's an opening for callbacks on medium frequency as more people build stations for it. And guys, we'd really remind you and all rebroadcasters to join the Yahoo WIA Broadcasters Group and send in your callback figures each week and to provide some recorded identification files. All details at the WIA website under weekly broadcasts or drop us a note, nationalnews at wia.org.au. That's all from me, Brian, VK3GR. Quick look at the social scene and then it's out of here. September 13 in VK4, Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club Sunfest at the Wombai School of Arts. September 14 in VK2 and VK3. VK2 is Westlake's Field Day at the Club Grounds Taralba. And in VK3, Shepparton and District Amateur Radio Club's Hamfest. September 28 in VK3, the Melbourne Amateur Radio Technology Group Hamfest at Keelor East and Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's weekend at Camp Fairburn in VK4, September 28. The final final... I know we hams are an ageing population, but it kind of took my eye when I saw the meeting place for one VK group of hams. Their coffee mornings are being held at a cafe called Distractions, and that is right next door to their local Sullivan Nicolaides Pathology. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.